Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, your cruise director, uh, spiritual guide, and um, just general all-around groove mistress. Although I got a lot of I got a lot of nerve saying I'm the groove mistress, considering who our guest is tonight. But first, I want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening, who's been following the podcast on different platforms, whether it's Blog Talk Radio, Spotify. Uh, Stitcher, Apple, anything, the fact that you follow, and the people that leave reviews as well, gosh, thank you so much. Uh, That really helps me to continue to have all the fantastic guests that we've been having. We've never had a bad guest. Everybody's good. But all the great guests we've we've had, uh, especially lately, that we have coming up and that we have tonight. And by the way, for the people who ask me, yes, I am sharing information on all our recent guests and what they're doing and how you can uh, get in touch with it by their books, get the goodie bags and stuff on all of my social media. Recently, we've had Jen Lancaster with her brand new book, Welcome to the United States of Anxiety. And if you're one of the people who don't know this New York Times bestselling, hilarious author, you should just check out, start with her first book, Bitter is the New Black. And, uh, and just go from there. Also, we had last week Arden Marine. Uh, her book is Little Miss Little Compton, and you've seen Arden Marine on Mad TV, Shameless. Uh, she's been on countless uh, shows. Her IMDb is is it's long. It's like a um, it's like a heavy book. So she's also on Insatiable. She plays Regina Sinclair on uh, the Netflix uh, series insatiable, funny, funny woman. And yes, she did say she has some tote bags made to match her book if you get them. So yeah, get that. Also, we had, uh, oh, Michael Debar, Michael Debar, uh, who you probably know he's been in movies forever from To Sir With Love to he's a regular, he's, he's Murdoch on MacGyver. And he's got a brand new documentary out. Now he's on uh Little Stevens Underground Radio on Sirius XM on the mornings, week mornings, 8 to noon. And he's also got a documentary out called Who Do You Want Me To Be, which I did not know at first. He co-wrote that song, Who Do You Want Me To Be, the one that Animotion did. And uh, I thought it was just about acting, but that, but he was a co-writer of that song. And very funny, very dear man. And let's see, coming up soon, we've got Beth Lapidus, comedian. L.A. She's uh, written for a lot of TV and films, and she's been on television. Uh, I've gone, what, Sex in the City, Will and Grace, and she's going to be here next week, as well as Ricky Bird's coming back. He's a, a rock and roll Hall of Fame guitarist. You know him from Joan Jett and uh, I think Blue Oyster Cult, a few other bands, but he's coming back. I just got the email. He's coming back on November 4th. So, yeah. 
everything is just swinging right here in Madame Perry Salon. Now, tonight, um, everybody has really <laughs> responded to this. I know this is two hours earlier than I normally broadcast, but uh, everybody's been responding to all my social media posts about tonight's show. Tonight's guest has had a magnificent career, uh, over three decades of recording. He's racked up an astounding, remarkable array of honors and achievements, nine Grammy nominations, 12 number one albums on Billboard's current contemporary jazz album chart, uh, Mucho's World Tours, performed for several U.S. presidents, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, platinum-selling artist, and he is here tonight, right here, in the little cushion, or not a little cushion, I gave him a nice fluffy cushion next to me here in the genie bottle of Madame Perry Salon, the one and the only sax man, Dave Cos. Dave, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. Wow, with that introduction, Madame Perry, I don't know what we can, where we can go from there, but thank you very, <laughs> very much for having me on your show. I appreciate it so much. I thought, here I am calling myself cruise director and groove mistress, and yet I've got, you got a Dave Cos cruise for love of Pete, okay? Well, you know, in the in the uh, pandemic, the cruising business is not quite going on uh, as as it was before. But hopefully, one day, and we've been doing them for about fifteen years, where I've been hosting them. They're kind of jazz themed cruises, and they're they're so much fun. We've traveled all over the world together with uh, kind of this almost. It feels like a travel music travel club. But uh, we had to cancel, sadly, cancel this year's. Um, but God willing, we'll be able to get back on the ships uh, one day very soon because I know a lot of people, including myself, uh, miss it so much. Yeah, and what a magnificent thing. You know, I've seen, um, you know, other types of music and, and uh, performers. I think there's a, uh, a metal, a heavy metal cruise and things like that. Monsters of Rock, I believe it is. And what a fun thing just to be out there floating. I've never been on a cruise, but to be out there and not have to worry about anything but the music, people, well, food. You need to come with us. When we get back up and running, which will probably be in 2022, uh, you, you need to come with us, uh, Madam Perry, because I think that you would have a lot of fun. First of all, I mean, if, if it depends on whether, what kind of music you like. If you're a jazz fan, I think you'd love our cruise because, uh, you know, we fill it with the, the best in the business. It's like a, a floating jazz festival 24-7. And we're seeing, we're going all over the world. Uh, that's our mantra is seeing the world together through music. So once you step on that ship, it's like you, everybody has a backstage pass. You're on vacation with your favorite artists. You're just marinating in the music uh, all day long. And you only have to unpack once. That's the nice thing about cruising. <laughs> you unpack once, you go to all these countries in, in, uh, in one week, and you get to see your favorite artists. And it's like a full feast for the senses for one week. Oh, sweet. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it really does. And, yes, I love jazz. In fact, you probably know um, there's a station here in Atlanta where I'm at, WCLK from Clark Atlanta University. Yeah, of course yeah. I know WCLK. Yeah, and I've They're done great. a lot of their fundraisers with them and um, been on air. They were the first persons to play, play me singing where I perform live. So, um, oh, yeah, that's cool. a great station. And, um, Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, they uh, put yeah they put me on the air singing with uh, uh, Lou Delgado. Mm-hmm. Just just Lou Delgado accompanying me. That was it. So, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've 
My nerves have finally settled down from that, and now I'm talking to Dave Cobb. <laughs> you know, who do I think I am? I must, you know, I'll, I'll never need a defibrillator, right? So uh, I can just recall these. Two I'm moments. very, I'm very honored to be here in the in <laughs> the genie. Did you call it the genie bottle? Yeah, one of the first back. This began as a as a blog and one of the first guests, and then of course I wanted to be, uh, you know, I said I always admired, um, as, as I told Judy. I, I admired women of the past in Europe and the UK who would have these, they would be patronesses of the arts and have salons in their home, invite musicians and writers and artists and thought leaders in to share what they were working on and share ideas. And so I wanted to do that. So mine is in cyberspace. And that is why um, sometimes, uh, you know, people will come in. So, oh, well, the first guest went back and said, I've been to Madame Perry's salon. It looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. Well, once that kind of word is out, that's what everybody expects. And, uh, and so like when I was uh, when, when Chasm Sultan, bass player for Todd Rundgren, first came on, the first thing he said was, wow, I love the Moroccan decor. I keep thinking that I'm going to see Bar- maybe Barbara Eden is going to show up. That's, that's where my head goes. You, I don't blame you. <laughs> that's what everybody says. I have to do what I can. Some people say, "Oh, you've got to get Barbara Eden in there. She's she's wonderful. She's beautiful." I said, "Yeah, I'm a fan. Be happy to." Everybody says she's just as nice. So yeah, so you and you don't have to call me Madam. You can call me Jan, Jennifer. Musicians though call me JP. Just so you know. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that sounds good to I, me. Okay, I don't know why, but that's what musicians call me. So uh, anyway, you um, you know, you're not also known as a humanitarian and an entrepreneur, as well as, you know, radio host, and you do so much, you're uh, a music advocate, you know, for sharing, teaching. Uh, but let me, when I read humanitarian entrepreneur, when I think about that, I think about the concept for a new day and how that all fits in together. So tell us what the, the, the concept and the, uh, the theme for a new day is. Well, this excuse me. This is an album that uh, came out last Friday on October 9th. It came out 30 years and one day after my debut album came out, which was October 8th, 1990, and it had a very very bad haircut on it. Um, <laughs> it was the time that that was the time of the mullet, JP. So, and I had a big mullet on on that picture, and I've tried over the years to buy every copy back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible, by the way. Not possible in the modern era to buy every copy back. But uh, this is an album that was made, as uh, as you mentioned, it was uh, done completely under the umbrella of COVID. Uh, when the pandemic hit in March, um, like everybody in the world realized, oh my gosh, this is this is serious. This is going to be for a while. Our lives are about to change. And I looked at how music has always been there for me as a source of comfort, inspiration, calm. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, like words, especially during 2020, words just don't seem to do the trick all the time uh, the way that music can. So mm. I thought, well, maybe I really, the best usage of my time here, and remember, it, it was a good thing for me too to have something to do. Uh, maybe it was, it was a good idea to go and see what I can do virtually because um, you know, I have a lot of wonderful musician friends who are home and not typically busy like they normally are on the road. And so everybody had this uh, pent-up musical energy to share. 
And I just got to work. I started writing songs virtually with uh, co-writers. The songs turned into demos, which turned into records. And um, by mid-summer, we were done with the album. Uh, we had 12 songs. Amazingly, um, when you listen to it, it just it sounds very cohesive. Like it, it almost sounds like everybody was in the same room together, even though that did not happen at all with this project. It was a complete virtual album and uh i'm very proud of it and it was the first time that i've ever had this kind of very one uh purpose with making an album which was simply just to provide some comfort and some good vibes and good feelings for people that are going through so much this year yeah no kidding it's been a rough time all all around for people in so many different ways and so when i when i learned that that was what that it was meant to be like just a um, kind of like a, a musical virtual hug, <laughs> and you read it, that's, and I think, oh, yeah. well, that's that's a nice idea. But then you start to listen, and then I think especially too because each week you put out a video with a song, but you didn't just play; you had different color. You have a, a prism, and I want to ask you about you know the idea behind putting the colors behind that for one for each week, and really, and you talk to us. And made us feel like like it's a one-on-one chat. But you talk to us and about the song and the people you worked with, and then you play it. And, uh, and and we do. We feel like you're on stage because when certain people, other people are playing, like David Sanborn or somebody, Brian McKnight, you know, you just kind of stop and turn and nod like you were like they were on stage with you, like they were right there with you. And it mm-hmm. it's this is really cool. It really gives a. a a very warm feeling about everything. And so if you would t- tell us how you came to do the idea with the, with the colors and, and the release one every week with the video and then something special you've done, very special you've done for your fans about wearing a color with you and sending a picture. Yeah. Well, the, um, the idea was the album is called A New Day, and in the modern music world that we're in right now, um, it affords the opportunity for someone like me, who's releasing his own music, which is the way a lot of artists that have been around for a while are doing now, um, because we really are in a digital business. And because it's a digital business, that means that you can do things that now that you were not able really to do in the same way using the digital platforms like Spotify, Apple Music. There's a ton of them. Uh, even Amazon has a service. <clears throat> so we, just, we came up with this idea called Colors of a New Day, and it was a six-week campaign. The basic idea was let, let's, if, let's find a way to introduce a bunch of new music from this album in advance of its release, as opposed to just having one radio single that you hear. That's the old model. It still works, of course, but in the modern era, why not try you know, giving people a real sample? So we came up with this idea where we would release a, a new song from the album every week for six weeks. But instead of just releasing it, we thought eh, maybe we could just have a little theme to go along with it. People are at home. People are looking for something fun and just enjoyable to do with so much heaviness around us uh, in, in this year. And so we came up with the idea of colors. So every week it was a new color to to, uh, accompany the song. And I knew that because I know my 
the people who listen to my music, they're, they, they have great spirit. They get like that, that real school spirit. So I said, listen, I know this sounds crazy, but every week it's a different song and a different color. Send me your pictures of you and the color of the week listening to the song, and I'll post a bunch of them. And you know what happened, JP? There were a ton of people who sent in <laughs> pictures of themselves. We started with red. The second week was orange. We went to yellow, green, blue, purple, six colors. In the end, it created a prism or, a, or a, uh, like a, a, to me, it, it looked like a rainbow of colors. Yeah. And I thought that that was a nice message to send to people, a subtle kind of metaphor for where we are. Because I know that this is a tough time for everybody, and we're not out of the woods yet. We have a long way to go to get out of this COVID situation. But I do believe that we ultimately will arrive at a better place, uh, a rainbow. The end of the rainbow is coming. We're not there yet. But music can smooth the journey out. And that was the theme of Colors of a New Day. And people just they just kind of got into it. And by the end of the campaign, we were getting so many pictures of people <laughs> in the color of the week. And uh, we had a, a big live stream uh, that was a celebration of the record release last Friday uh, on the day the album came out. And I flashed a picture of all, everybody who sent in a picture of themselves. And there were hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of them. And uh, it made for such a beautiful visual for people to see that they were part of something bigger than themselves. You know, I see on your website, which is DaveCos.com, everybody, the, uh, on the homepage, there is the, you know, the, the, the rainbow of colors, and then you've got the little images of people in their red, orange, yellow, green shirt with each one. And, you know, between that and the people sending them in, I know this question is cliche, and I apologize, but I have to know, how did that make you feel? Well, it's never a cliche question because without the people who support us, and I know that you feel the same way, uh, meeting you for the first time, but I, I feel you, you know, that you're a very appreciative person. And that appreciation, when it's felt on the other end from fans and supporters, um, that makes people feel more connected. And so, I mean, I come from you know, my, my parents who have been gone for a long time, uh, I think that they if they, if they taught me one thing, it was to appreciate people that show up for you. And mm-hmm. even though in, in my case, I've been doing this for so long. I mean, it's been 30 years of releasing music, but every single fan, when I encounter them, they're a big piece of the puzzle of my life. And uh, without that person, the puzzle would be different. And so I, I want to just say thank you to them and, and show them that they, that they're very important to me. And I, I think our genre of music, the, the contemporary jazz or smooth jazz, whatever you want to call it, I think that the artists, the group of artists, you'll see it on our cruises or when we go out on tour. I love to collaborate with different artists. There's a sensibility of this format, the, the artists who make music in this genre, that they really understand the role of the fan as well. And it's not us versus them. There's no wall there. The wall comes down and we're mm-hmm. all in it together, and we all appreciate each other. And I think that, that, that it, it, it's reflective of the community that we've built as a, as a whole, and I'm very proud of that. It is a community, yes, and I think people yeah, they do share a lot of feelings. And they, I think that's all um, the, the graciousness and, and uh, is, is all reciprocated. It, 
it certainly seems to me, and that generates its own kind of uh, very, very good energy. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about, yeah, yeah, you're right. This does, it's been a difficult year for everybody um, in a lot of similar and a lot of different ways. And uh, <laughs> I, I have to tell you, the thing about with the rainbow of colors, this is totally off, off subject in a way. But in March, when everything began to shut, shut down, I was at, um, and I know the show is about you, not me, but I was in Tucson for uh, my annual steampunk convention, the Wild Wild West Con, where mm-hmm. I always do a presentation on how to do a podcast and stuff. Or, and do you know what steampunk is? I don't actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's well, that? The, the short the short version would be the future that never was. Think of Jules Verne type stuff. Okay. But this is held. But it's uh, this is held at a Wild West place called Old Tucson, where a, a Western movies and TV shows were shot for decades. Mm-hmm. And so we have it there. So we're kind of Western, kind of steampunk, or kind of Victorian and sci-fi at the same time. I told my husband, well, being in this Western town. We don't look so out of place, to which he replied while he was still reading, just tell yourself that. Just keep telling yourself that. So, <laughs> but anyway, as we all left this little town where we're all dressed, you know, in our little costumes, and as we all left, we said we left on that Sunday, turned our clocks back an hour, or, or uh, turned our clocks forward an hour, and didn't realize we were turning it forward into the twilight zone. And, yeah. believe it or not, at the end of Sunday, they, they announced that next year's theme would be Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So oh, that flashed wow. in my mind. So it's like everybody got the, well, maybe when the clocks go back, we'll have to turn the clocks back. But, yeah, everybody has a story, you know, about where they were, what happened, what's going on in this rainbow. Um, let's talk about the, the individual songs. Oh, and the people. I'm talking about the people that you have on this. You've got an all-star lineup. So Yeah. Well, the one thing, as I mentioned before, everybody was home. Uh, that was like the biggest uh, successful aspect of, of making this <laughs> record because musicians normally, when, especially during the time that, we, that I was making this record, which is like April, May, uh, early part of June, this is like prime touring time in any other year, oh, and everybody is gone. So I was able to pick up the phone and not just musicians that were going to help create the foundation of the album, but special guests like my number one saxophone hero of all time, David Sanborn, who, uh, I, you know, David's a good friend of mine, and we've uh, been colleagues and friends for many years together. We even did a tour together. But we had one thing that had eluded me uh, was getting a chance to record something with him. So we actually wrote a song called Side by Side, and he appears on it on the album. So he was home and looking for stuff to do. And it's the same <laughs> thing with uh, the incredible Bob James, who appeared on one of the songs called Long Goodbyes. Brian McKnight, who sang on uh, the lead track, the uh, song that was released first called Summertime in New York City, which was really a tribute to the resilience of New Yorkers who were hit so hard in the mm-hmm. pandemic in the beginning days. And um, we have a wonderful bassist named Michelle Indigio Cello, who's oh, yeah. very hard to, to nail down. She is unbelievable, but she was home and she said yes. 
Um, and Jeff Lorber and Mark Antoine and Rick Braun and Philippe Sace and, you know, it goes on and on and on. And when they turned in their performances, you got to know that, like, usually we're all in the studio together. This was like them in their studios without any supervision. And you would think, well, this would open yourself up to a, a lot of problems, potential problems. We would get these tracks back and they would explode with energy, JP. Mm. You know, it's like they come out of the speakers with such brilliance because I think there was a lot of um, people were home, sidelined from the pandemic, and they had so much music in their, in their souls and their spirit to give. And so here was an opportunity for them to really uh, emote. And that's why I think this, this album has a certain heart center that other albums that I've made, I'm, you know, proud of my music over the years, some more than other, other albums. But um, I, I really feel very proud about this album because it's just got a heart center. It's they're, they're, everybody yeah. showed up with an intention to, to bring some relief, just some musical, as you said, the musical hug is a great analogy. That's, that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. And uh, I don't know, it's like the good and the bad thing about people being home. You're able to get them to work on this. Um, and yet, you know, you'd rather be out. But you've got to look at the, at the, at the blessings, at the good things that are happening. And this is, this is one of them. Well, we're not going to sit around and be depressed. We, even if nope. we aren't, we can make something good. And, it, oh, for, and you're sharing it. And so many people love it, as you can see just from the fans and from the people that send in pictures. Now, and when you mentioned David Sanborn, that song, Side by Side, okay, I have a dance break every afternoon in my office, and that has been the dance break song for the last three days, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you have to send me a video. i got to see that, you know. Okay. When you say that you're the groove, you're, you said that you were the groove mistress, so I want to see <laughs> proof of that, okay? Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, me and my big boca. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so, but uh, David Sanborn, Side by Side, was that, wasn't that also the name of a tour you two did together? Yes, uh, and that's, that's why we called the song Side by Side, to uh, memorialize our, our connection together. You have to know, though, like as a young saxophone player, when I first picked up the instrument, I was a crazy mixed-up kid, uh, 13 years old, looking... I'm just, you know, my body was exploding. My head was exploding. I just, you know, I was just like a typical 13-year-old knucklehead. And um, I found the saxophone, and then I found David Sanborn, and I just worshipped this guy. I idolized him. In fact, the best advice I ever got from a professional was from David Sanborn when I was, I think I was probably 16 when I met him backstage at one of his concerts in Los Angeles where I grew up. And, uh I, here I was face-to-face uh, with my saxophone idol, and I was just a blubbering fool. I could, I could barely get, a, get anything mm-hmm. out to ask him, but finally I asked him, you know, what? I know all your music, and, you know, I, I've learned all your phrasing and all your licks and all the melodies, and I try to get your sound. You know, how do I – my question was, like, how do I get to be more like you? And he was like – I could mm-hmm. tell he, <laughs> he was a little <laughs> upset with this question, and he said, <laughs> you know what? I got to stop you right there. There's already a me, and I plan to be around for a while longer. So why don't you just let me be me, and you find you. 
And, you know, that was like the best advice I could get at that point, which was not to copy somebody, even as, as much as I loved him. Um, I could never be him. So what I could do is be me. And, uh, and that's what I've been doing. So I'm very grateful to, to David for giving me that advice and also being just a wonderful inspiration, great friend for all these years. Yeah, I remember, I think I saw when you said that the first time you asked after uh, so many years when you became colleagues and worked together, when you asked him to go on tour with you and he said yes. It was and, a pretty uh, special thing for me. To I be know able the feeling. To, if <laughs> no. you just think, I mean, it's hard for me, I'm now 57, but in a snap of a finger, I can go right back to being that 13-year-old kid who idolized this person and, you know, then I, I'm, I'm a grown man and we're colleagues and we're working together. Uh, and yet I'm still in my head, a 13 year old blubbering idiot, you know, meeting my idol for the first time. So it's kind of nice. Cause that, that never, that never goes away from me. I, I try not to get too separated from the, the awe struck me when I was a kid, because music, especially for me growing up, I, I'm gay. I, grew up, you know, in a time period where it was not really cool to be out and music was my savior. The saxophone was my my voice that I couldn't find words for. It it, it allowed me to it was almost like having a therapist, a musical <laughs> instrument as your therapist. And it really saved saved me in a lot of ways. So um I'm very grateful to that and and it, it, it the connection that I have with the instrument is still one that I, I like it is a primary relationship in my life and I look at it sometimes thinking oh you know taking it for granted but most of the time I I look at it in awe and and think wow this piece of brass has given me so much I mean I've been able to travel the world and play on so many stages around the world for so many people in different countries and cultures and it's really been a it's like a magic carpet ride of a career all right. Okay. By the way, um, if you're listening live, and this is October 15th, 2020, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, um, if you have one question, comment, you want to give us a call, I'll have David here for just a few more minutes, I think, uh, but number 646-716-9922, or for people who can't uh, make a call, whatever reason, you're at the day gig or something, you can always send me a message on Jennifer Maudette Perry or Madam Perry Salon on Facebook, and I'll be happy to share it. Now, um, the song, the only cover song I believe in this was Yesterday by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Right. And really, or Linda McCartney tune, it really comes across uh, with a lot of mood to it. Uh, tell us why you chose that one, if you would. album is my 20th album overall, and it had been... 10 years since the release of my last original music album. I released other projects uh, in the interim, but they were more cover-oriented projects, Christmas albums and stuff. So I wasn't planning on doing any covers on this album. But when I was making, uh, starting to write songs and, and starting the process of making the album, I happened to encounter yesterday on the radio. I just, just flipping channels, and there it was. And I stopped to listen to it. I've always loved that song. And I've always loved the Beatles, um, but I had never, I'd never recorded it. But then I heard the lyrics to it. And when you look at it through the lens of the pandemic and what we were all going through at the time, it had really 
been like just yesterday that our lives were completely different. And here we are like a day later and here we're dealing with something that's completely new. And I, I listened to the song and my heart kind of sunk because I realized, gosh, you know, I really longed for yesterday. Um, it, even though it was just yesterday, it was, it was a different life. And so I thought from a narrative perspective, even though we're not singing the song, I'm playing the song on saxophone. Uh, but I think that it really was an important part of the narrative because how quickly this came on. Like when you were discussing uh, being at the convention and how you realize it's just like one, one moment you mm-hmm. were innocent, right? And then the mm-hmm. next moment it was like, oh, this is – my life is changed, and it may be changed for good. This is not necessarily the pandemic is going to happen and keep on happening forever, but that this is a, a, a rite of passage, that from one moment to the next, our lives changed, and that means everybody in the world experienced this. So it just felt like an important part of the narrative, and then I went, uh, took this to um, – a great uh, producer, arranger, a great friend of mine named Matt Cusson in the East Coast, and he developed the track, which used a lot of uh, layering of vocals. This is the song that Michelle and Diggiocello played bass on, and the bass part alone is like a work of art. She just completely killed it. And, um, and, and the way I approached playing the melody was very plaintive, very wistful. And not melancholy, because I still think that there's a lot of hope. Um, but we we have to kind of remember uh, where we came from so that we know where we're going. So that's why I wanted to include it on this album. Yeah, and again, so many, uh, i got to say some of these names again, the people you have on here, Brian McKnight, Antoine Stanley, uh, Michelle Indigio Cello. Did I say that correctly? I've always trouble with her name but she's you did back. that was perfect <laughs> thanks to you uh david stanmore bob james paul jackson jr mark antoine rick braun jeff lower chris big dog davis i mean this is just an, a music lover's uh delight a buffet uh and I was looking to, I don't know how many times you read ever look at this or if you ever have time but even on youtube the song summertime in new york city some of the things that people say, the comments people make said, um, uh, wow, capture New York City in the summer. So chill, nice. And somebody else says, sounds like earth, wind, and fire. I like it. <laughs> uh, hello, people. Enjoy this fantastic sound and let the music play. Influence wow, of genius. God bless you guys. And, you know, this just the kind of comments that people you know, they could just go, keep going on. But oh, one person said, because I think that, that was the first one, the first song. And uh, someone right. said, I can't wait to hear the whole rainbow. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. the, I will say that that song, Summertime in New York City, um, was written in New York City. Uh, the day that uh, it was, I think it was March 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever the day was where the world sort of changed on that one day, that was the Tom Hanks day. That was mm-hmm. NBA canceling the season. That was Broadway closing. It was just one thing after the other where everybody, I think, at the end of that day realized our lives are different now. And meanwhile, we were writing this song, starting to write this song in the studio, the world closing down outside. 
And instead of going from a position of fear, we kind of flipped it. And we started listening to some of our feel-good musical heroes like Earth, Wind and Fire, um, Bill Withers, who had just passed maybe like a couple months beforehand. We put his record on and we were feeling great in the studio. And that's where that song came from. It, it came from a place of like, let's just, let's just feel good here and let's get, ba- let's get back to, to what makes us feel um, inspired and filled with energy as opposed to going from the negative emotions that were being, uh, you know, outside uh, and trying to get in. We didn't let it in and we just shut out the outside world that day and came up with that song. And then Brian McKnight sang it uh, when he sang it together with the horns and stuff. And even Ralph McDonald, who is a member of Earth, Wind & Fire, he's one of, oh, yeah. one of the three guys, he came in, he's a good friend of mine. He heard about this and he said, you know you've got to let me play on it. <laughs> so I said, are you serious? You're going to give it the Earth, Wind & Fire blessing? And he said, you know it. So, you know, we got, we got the blessing from the band themselves. So it was, it was a really, really full circle moment. There's nothing better than that, and uh, <laughs> that just that's just such a wonderful, you know, the way you describe it. I could just feel the room right that moment, and even if you weren't all together, you feel, I would feel like I was in the room with everybody, you know. And good, I'm, good. I'm sure you guys, because that's what you're giving us. Um, by the way, I had a message of uh, Gordon Myers. Um, he's still at work. But he said he met you once when his wife worked for Capitol Records, and he's a big fan. He said to tell you, he said uh, when he first, when I first posted, he said, "Oh, Dave Cobb is the man." So, ah. <laughs> right. well, thank so, you very much, Gordon. Yeah. I appreciate that. And also, a uh, couple Patrick and Marilyn Opitz, and uh, they live in Germantown, Maryland, and they said, "Love you, love the new songs. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you guys for oh. sending in a message." I appreciate that. Thank you. Me too. I really appreciate that. Um, so people can still send in, can still post pictures on all your social media of themselves. Of in course. The okay. If they would like to, they, they absolutely can. All right. And I will be sharing all those links on all of my social media, not only for Jennifer Perry, but also for Madam Perry's salon to make sure that everybody gets them. And can't wait till we're all out playing, having a good time again, David. Uh, this music is just, it's beautiful. Uh, there was another song that really hung me to you. I think it's, let me check the titles here. I apologize for not being better. Closer to you. The closer we get? The closer we get. Yeah. That, that feels like, that feels like, well, you know, everybody has different feelings. That's another good thing about music. Everybody can have a, a little something different and special. But to me, that feels like when you're, um, when you just need a little something, and then somebody mm-hmm. special just sort of kind of just sits by you and hugs you, or maybe has their arms around you from behind and snuggles you like mm-hmm. a like a sweater, and makes you feel like everything's going to be good. Ooh, I I love that image. That sounds fantastic to me. That's but that's the beauty of instrumental music. You know, we, we, we make music that are, that are like blank canvases for people. We might have a title that could give you some information about the, where the song came from or the inspiration of the song. But a song like The Closer We Get really is it's a, 
it's open for interpretation and that's a beautiful interpretation of that song. You know, I, I, I felt like, um, you know, this, this, uh, the pandemic, sorry to talk so much about the pandemic, but that's really where the inspiration for this whole album came from. And what, what, for me, that song is a reflection of how we've learned how to, to be closer to people in new ways. Uh, I remember the first time uh, in the pandemic when I had my first Zoom call, for example, I was like blown away by it. I was like, this technology is unbelievable. I can't wait. And now after 400 Zoom calls, it's like <laughs> the novelty has worn off a little bit. But, um, you know, we've, we've all had to find new ways to be close to people because we can't be physically close to them, even our own family members. There or neighbors or friends that we can't necessarily see the way that we used to see them. So, but yet there are ways we can find ways. We're human beings. We are very resourceful beings. We can find new ways to to be close, to stay close. And that, to me, that's what that song is about. That's beautiful. Well, Dave, I know I've kept you a long time. I've had you here forty minutes, and I am just so grateful. Um, and I wish you so much success with new music, A New Day, your 20th album. And it was it, it was released, what, a, uh, 30 years and one day after your first? That's right. Yeah, just this last Friday. And uh, people are interested in, in sampling the album. You can find it anywhere that you get your music, uh, uh, Apple Music or Spotify or any one of the, the uh, digital services. Um, and we have uh, CDs that are coming, and people want to have a physical copy, you can get your CD. It won't be available till October 30th, but you can buy it at Amazon.com if you'd like. Or you can go to my website, which is DaveCause.com. Uh, my last name is spelled K-O-Z. And we have a, a, a store. Actually, there's a 20, 20% uh, off sale going on through tomorrow. If, uh, if you want to go to DaveCause.com, and pick out anything you like. You can get the CD. You can get a download card. You can get mugs and, and uh, water oh bottles. God, yeah. And we have a bunch of different things. Sweet. Yeah. Hey, that's great. I will share that. You know, my, my people love a good bargain. So uh, good. Well, everybody <laughs> does. That is great. So it's excellent. So 20% off uh, through tomorrow, you said? Yep, through uh, tomorrow at the end of the day on Friday. And uh, it's DaveCause.com, the store there. And uh, have a little shopping spree. Why not? All right. D-A-V-E-K-O-Z dot com. It's going it. to be, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to be sharing this everywhere. Uh, yeah. Dave Cobb, uh, thank you so very much. I hope we'll all be out playing and having a good time with each other again. And I hope that, uh, you know, I think you might have convinced me to go on a cruise. Good. I was always a little Excellent. nervous, but... I think you've convinced we'll, me. We'll, we'll take good and care. Dave, come back sometime, please. Yeah, for sure. I love you. It was lovely talking with you. Thank you so much, sweetie. And talking with you, and this is from a new day, and thank you. Yes, please come back, and I love you all. Be good to yourself and be good to each other. Bye-bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.